What's up, y'all? We back for another episode of The Bunt. And as usual, we are brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding, Vans, baby. Yeah. And this week, <laughs> we getting back to the Crockett Pro 2. This shoe is unlike any other. Cup sole support meets Vans' legendary board feel in the brand new Gilbert Crockett Pro 2. Featuring Van's revolutionary waffle cup construction. Reggie, that revolutionary waffle cup construction offers the support of a cup sole without sacrificing any of the grip or board feel of a traditional vulcanized shoe. <laughs> the Gilbert Crockett Pro 2 also features Duracap upper reinforcement and high wear areas for unrivaled durability. You diggy? Yo, Dons, let's take it back to the streets for a Vans customer review. This one from Adam in Los Angeles. I use this pair as my urban art shoes, hugging tight but refined enough for impromptu encounters with fans, interested onlookers, or running from the police. Bottom line, Adam from Los Angeles would recommend the Gilbert Crockett Pro 2. As would me and the Ghost, the Gilbert Crockett Pro 2 is the official shoe of the bunt podcast and by that we mean it's one of our favorites because we love all the shoes at vans you dig hop on over to vans.ca or finer skate shops worldwide to get a pair of the gilbert crockett pro 2 now y'all need to quit playing because everyone knows vans has been off the wall since 1960 motherfucking six yo My dog, we fucking back. It's episode six of season five, and I'm coming to you live from Los Angeles, my man. What are you saying these days? Reggie, I'm straight chilling, sitting back, enjoying this Le'Veon Bell show, you dig? And uh, in case the listeners are wondering, Antoine's about to get slapped by your boy. <laughs> so what I've noticed over the last couple weeks is that I've created a monster introducing you to fantasy football, but... Man, I always needed someone to watch football with, so it's worked out perfect for me. But y'all know what it is. I'm D. Jones. This fantasy football addict across from me is the ghost. And the man that he's whooping right now is the one and only Rants One Behind the Scenes. It's a cool thing. Still. Yo, ghost, what we got popping this week, G? Well, I mean, I wish you were sitting across from me for a Sunday ritual, but my man's in Cali, yo. And speaking of Cali, this week we got a Cali native on the show, the one and only Duff Man, Corey Buffle. <laughs> and uh, he's doing his thing. And we taking you straight to the post office. And then you know what time it is. <laughs> it's the rundown, B. My man sounds like another action-packed episode. I'm sad I can't be in studio with the man. Before we get it all popping, make sure to like us on Facebook at The Bunt. Follow us on Instagram at The Bunt Live. Keep sending them emails and them audio notes to thebuntlive at gmail.com. Let your voice be heard in the post office. And, uh, yo, what's up with that new website I heard about? Reggie, thebuntlive.com. It's on and popping. You can listen to the episodes from there. Holla at the web store. 
you know what I'm saying, running low on, on clothes these days. So, you know what I'm saying, get there while you can. And uh, shit, we got a nice interview up this week. If you're listening to this, you already know what it is. Local legend, Glencoe, GH3, on the site. Go peep, you know what I'm saying? It's always a good time on TheBuntLive.com. Man, man, we, uh, we be asking for boxes for five straight seasons now. But one thing's for sure, TheBuntLive.com. You send over the credit card number, and we are guaranteeing a box to your place. Say, you get some boxes yet or what? Reggie, if we talk in boxes, major shout out to Magnus Hansen, because that Hansen honey came correct in the mail. <laughs> Shit, when you get back, Donald, you know we go enjoy some toast and Hansen honey. Hmm, damn, I'm looking forward to that. Big shouts out to Magnus. Thank you, my dog. Yo, so we got Corey Duffel on the show, like you said. I mean, what do we need to intro the guy? He's been in the game for so long. Rail killer since day one. He, uh, his fashion sense hasn't always been eye to eye with mine or yours, but the man's a legend in the game. That's some real shit. Rail killer, <laughs> don't forget gap killer and just all around killer. Corey, straight beast. Yeah, without further ado, let's uh, crack a steam whistle and pop this interview off. My man, been looking forward to these green steamies all week long. Canada's number one pilsner, <laughs> the only buzz. All right, y'all, we got Corey Duffel in the building right now. How's it going, Corey? It's going fucking brilliant. It's going good, man. <laughs> good I'm on the air with the Canadians. <laughs> you know, stoked. So we start every show off the same. We ask everyone their favorite skateboard moment and their favorite sports moment. Okay, let's go. Favorite sport. Favorite sports moment. Giants winning the World Series 2010. Oh. That was a cool thing to be a part of. You know, bear a team. Favorite skateboard moment. Obviously, getting my first skateboard, Wade Spire Thinkboard in 1994. I would say that was the greatest moment for me for skateboarding. That's where it all began. Hell yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, I'd say Ethan Fowler, nervous breakdown video part, or Tin Can Folklore, but I think let's go with just me starting off skating is pretty good. For sure. <laughs> so take us back to the beginning. You grew up in uh, Walnut Creek, California. How'd you get into skating out there? Well, so I grew up in the suburbs, you know, it's... It's 20 miles east of San Francisco, and you know I was into like cartoons, like the Ninja Turtles, like probably everyone is, and you see skateboards, and it was kind of like, you know, in pop culture in the mid 90s, you would see skateboarding quite a bit, and I would see you know guys with like chain wallets and mohawks and you know like army pants, guys that looked cool, and they always had skateboards and they could jump, make them jump, and I, I thought it looked really neat. And, you know, I had like a, a toy board, like a Nash board, like when we were little, my brothers and I were little kids back in like late 80s early 90s but those are just toys you know and then also when I was 10 I remember telling my mom I really want a skateboard for my birthday any chance we could do that and so for my 10th birthday she took me down to like the skateboard shop whatever that was like they sold bikinis they sold bicycles they sold skateboards you know like (laughs) you know what skate shops are like in the 90s they weren't like these cool boutique skate shops they were like you get everything there. You got like a, a t-shirt with like a wizard on it smoking a bong or whatever. You know? <laughs> and so I got the skateboard. And of course, me being 10 years old, I was like, 
I want that one. And it was um, a Wade Spire Think Everslick. I thought the Everslick looked so cool. It was all shiny and pristine. And then it showed this warrior, like this chick with big tits, and she had a sword in her hand, and there's a head <laughs> decapitated on the ground. You know, like another warrior just lost his head. I was like, that's the board I need. <laughs> Dead guy, hot chick, shiny, and then some Venture Feather lights. And so that's like, and a pair of Spitfire tires. So I was like, that's where it all started right there. And then kind of awesomely enough, they were all Bay Area companies. And me being from the Bay Area, I had no idea what the fuck a Think Skateboards was or Spitfire or Adventure at the time. I was just like, I need that. Green bushings? Yeah, feather lights. Those sounds sick. <laughs> Spitfire, little flame guy? Sick, let's do it. And then turns out I bought all like the proper NorCal shit, so I was stoked. That was dope, yo. And that's kind of like the way skating kind of just started for me. It was just a 10-year-old kid wandering into a shop with my mom and being like, give me this, I need this. And then fucking never put it down since, you know. It's just been a fucking wild ride ever since. That's what's up, yo. Shouts to <laughs> yeah. Think. My first board ever was a Think too, yo. Good memories. No way. What year? Oh, shit. I don't remember. 2001, maybe? So you had, fuck, so, what, like a Jehovah, maybe? No, it was just a, uh, it just said think in flaming letters, like, yeah, real big. Yeah, the flames. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. yeah. The classic one? Yeah, it was like, like baby blue? No, it was yellow. Uh, and then, like, yeah. I was thinking the baby blue one for sure, too. Yeah. And it actually might have been silkscreen back then, too. Damn. So you might have actually had a good one. The ghost and Corey, something in common, man. <laughs> all started in the same place. Yeah, baby. So, uh, fast forward a little bit. How did you yeah. end up getting sponsored and end up going pro for foundation? Um... Yeah, it's kind of all strange, I guess, where it seems like when you try to tell the story or when I try to tell my story, I have no clue because I can't really completely remember it. But <laughs> it's kind of like I just loved skateboarding and it was just kind of working out, I guess, where there was nothing else I wanted to do other than just ride my skateboarding and be like, fuck off to everybody else and fuck sports. You know, like I was just a typical kid from like 10 to 13 that hated everything and minus skateboarding. It was like the only thing that really like drew toward like that i got was kind of like attracted to i guess you would say and so all day every day all i did was skate and my brother ended up getting a like a camcorder like a video recorder and so he started filming like videos of us skating and kind of like anything like any type basic home movies we're like woo, we got a whatever the, the trendy camera now you know the video video eight sony handy cam so we had the handy cam and we went down to fisherman's wharf and we got a fisheye lens for it and so we started filming like just local like filming and having fun and one day i was out um skating the hubba hideout in pier 7 one day in san francisco because me being 20 miles away we would take the bart train which is like the the subway mm-hmm. and we would take the train out to the city and you know i saw carl watson skating at pier 7 and Drake Jones was there as well. And we're like, fucking hell, Carl, Drake, and kind of hang out with them talking. And Carl Watson asked me if I had a sponsor me video. I kind of was like, well, what's a sponsor me video? I had no clue what it was. He's like, you put your footage together and, you know, you make a video and it can help you get sponsored. That way we could see your footage. And this, like, this was like this whole thing I'd never heard of, you know, like a sponsor me video. Like, I didn't really even understand what being sponsored meant other than maybe you got free free shit, you know? Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so then we're skating Hubba Hideout maybe, you know, an hour after. I do a few tricks down the Hubba Ledge. 
And Carl was like, fuck, you need to make a sponsor me video. You should really make one and maybe give it to me for Mad Circle. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll make this sponsor me video not even knowing what it really is. But my brother, Steven, fucking the awesome dude he is, he managed to put all my footage together, you know, two VCRs, like where you're like, <laughs> like, like old, like kids don't even know now. They're just on their phone, you know, editing on iPhones. But like making a sponsor me video was really fucking tough back then. And so, I mean, like really tough. And you need to actually, you know, commit to something. It wasn't like, hey, I'm going to post this thing on YouTube or Instagram and everyone's going to see it. So anyways, I made this sponsor me tape. And it's funny, it's actually right over here, but it's this bright yellow tape. I just found it a couple days ago. And it says, birthday celebration. And it's, I didn't even write my own name on it. My mom wrote my name on it. I was like, Corey Duffel, age 13. Because I was like so not even interested in, like didn't even understand the concept of really being sponsored, let's say. And she's like, okay, cool, yeah, here's this video. I just wanna go skate. Mom, Steven, you wanna do this? Sure, whatever. And so, I get. I went to Pier 7, you know, the next weekend, just hoping I was going to see Carl Watson again. Like, like, yeah, Carl's going to be at the Pier. I'll hand him my sponsor me video after we made it. He <laughs> ended up not being there, of course. Go figure. Um, so now I'm this, you know, this 13-year-old kid with my backpack, my skateboard, and a yellow sponsor me video tape in my backpack, you know. And I go skate. I'm, like, it's just the days going on. My brother and I are out skating. There's a demo going on in Berkeley. And... Somebody asked me if I had a, a sponsor me tape. And I said, actually, I do. And it was a guy with slick back hair, tattoos. And it turned out it was Greg Carroll from Think Skateboards. And Damn. so, and I, obviously, I knew who he was. Somehow you knew who everybody was when you were a kid. Because, you know, you watch, like, the credits of skate videos. You're like, oh, that's that dude. That's Mike Carroll's brother. Yeah. Because like, I'm the same as you guys. I'm a skate fucking dork. I love skateboarding. I, it's my life, you know? It's so, like you religiously watch videotapes and he was like oh shit and i was like that's greg carroll holy shit he's asking me for <laughs> something okay and i was also super intimidated because this guy's slick back hair fucking tattoos yeah he looks and, like a like, g for sure yeah especially back then and you just hear stories about him and like the, the um deluxe guys so it was always just like fuck okay whatever but um so he asked me for this video and i actually happened to have a video in in my backpack because it was originally going to be going to Carl Watson. And so, so I was like, yeah, here, here's a video. A couple weeks later, I get a phone call. And it was Greg from, going, hey, this is Greg from Think Skateboards. Would you like to come in and, you know, talk about some stuff? And I was like, what? no clue what that means at 13, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about something. So I'm like, hey, mom, can you drive me out to Hunter's Point in San Francisco? Because the BART didn't go out to Hunter's, Hunter's Point. And... Next I know, I'm writing for Think Skateboards. And then now let's just fast forward. So Think was a couple years, whatever. So Think and I, we were just butting heads. I was no longer like a blonde kid, like shaved head, blonde kid. Like mm -hmm. just normal, basic, square looking dude wearing dickies and like a backwards hat. All of a sudden I got, I discovered punk rock. And I got really into it. Got my hair black, tight black Levi's came on, leather jacket. Think was not into my new image as they called it mm -hmm. and i'm now 14 15 i was no longer a kid that wanted to be told what i can and can't, couldn't do i didn't want to wear the the cargo pants that think was giving me yeah. it just wasn't what i was into at the time i was like i don't want the bright yellow t-shirt anymore i don't want the flex fit hat 
this is not what I'm into. It wasn't what I was into to begin with. My sponsor me video was me skating to the Misfits, yeah. wearing dickies and wearing like big skulls because I liked Jamie Thomas and guys like that. Like I was really into the whole hash, toy machine, walking the hell, zero shit. So at Tampa Am, I went to Tampa Am, I think this is like 2000 is when I went out there for the first time. I went with Think and I was either 14 or 15 that I ended up meeting Andrew Reynolds and I ended up obviously hanging out with him a little bit. I was a fan of his skateboarding from the 90s, you know, growing up the end. He told me he was going to be starting up a company called Baker. I just met Knox and Terry Kennedy were out there and we were all kind of similar ages, you know, within three years apart. And during that time, you didn't meet a bunch of other kids who skated, who were sponsored. It's not like now how at a contest, there's a bunch of flying fetuses everywhere. Yeah. Like back then, it was like, there's only, there was only a couple of them, you know? And so I was like, I started hanging out with those kids all weekend and kind of got offered to ride for Baker for this new company that was going to be starting. Uh, of course, I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. It's Andrew Reynolds. Reynolds is a shit. Yeah. Knox is a cool, like, these kids are cool. It's going to be something new. And I was kind of like, well, fuck, think. I'm not into this right now. This shit's whack. Like, <laughs> this is new cool shit, you know? Think had kicked off Wade Spire. They kicked off the, the guys who I was really into at the time. And so me being a 14 or 15-year-old confused idiot kid, I was, you know, loud mouth, whatever. I, I was fucking lame. Just let's put, we could put it out there. I was the worst, pretty much, you know? But... So anyways, you know, like this, maybe this Baker thing might be happening. Greg and Reynolds talked. Greg was like, hey, take him. We don't need him then. If you're going to do something, do it with him. Cool. The next morning, I'm like ready to leave. Like, cool. Let's take off. Like, wait a second. Where are the guys I'm with? Like I was out there with maybe like Jake Nunn, Danny Fonzalita, a couple guys on Think at the time. And Greg was my team manager and kind of my guardian because I'm 14 years old and they were in a hotel room you know a couple doors down they're no longer there um I'm at the Milner Hotel and this is 1999 or 2000 whatever year it was this is like a fucked up place and Damn. I'm like huh what am I doing what should I do and this is before cell phones as well you know like I'm like huh okay I'm just left at this hotel where are these guys I don't know my flight information. I probably don't even know what airline I flew on. You know, like, it's my first time ever being on an airplane in my life, flying out to Tampa. Damn, that's cold. And so then I see Brian Anderson down below in the parking lot. And I had a history with BA, whereas he actually lived behind my parents' house in Walnut Creek with Brad Staba. So I would skate with BA and Staba quite a bit. And Brian was like, hey, Corey, what's going on? I was like, um... I don't know where anybody is. And he was like, oh, those guys actually got out of here. They took the early flight. I was kind of like, well, what, what do you mean they took the early flight? He's like, yeah, they're gone. And Brian was like, well, what time are you flying out? I go, my flight was supposed to be with them. And so I'm like stuck at this hotel not knowing what to do. And Brian's like, hey, let me help you out. I'll take you to the airport. And BA drives me to the airport. I don't know if Brian even remembers the story whatsoever, but like, I owe BA a big fucking gigantic podcast hug right now. Like, uh, I love you, Bri Bri, as he already knows. But, like, 
big kisses coming away. So Brian drove me to the airport, got me to like the console to talk to like a flight, one of the flight people or whatever. And be like, hey, this kid needs to get on the plane. Do you know what, like, what flight he's on? Here's his last name. And Brian did all that stuff for me. I don't know if he bought me a new flight or what, what happened, but he got it figured out. He got sorted out for me to get on a flight back to San Francisco from Tampa. Otherwise, I was stranded. I got left in Tampa by I think skateboards. Wow. And I was like, and this is 14 years old. I mean, this is the way skateboarding was back then, though. Damn. It's not like now. You know, like one of those little flying fetuses, if that happened to them, imagine what the skate moms or skate dads would do, you know? Like, <laughs> it's a whole different world. Anyway, so now, fast forward a little bit. I'm back home. I don't ride for Think. My my old man's fucking furious. Like, what the fuck? You got left in Florida? Yeah. Who the fuck does that to a kid? Blah, blah, blah. We can keep talking about that story. But now I'm like, fuck it. I ride for this new company called Baker. I had a brand new box of boards at my house, like a waiting. I was like, sick. New skateboards. Woohoo. Um, <laughs> so I'm all stoked. I think things are going to be working out. <laughs> and then well, a couple dreadful events start to come. So obviously the, the Big Brother interview comes up eventually. Mm-hmm. That's about the same, within a month or two as this is happening. And then I get a call from Greco a week or two after I'm supposed to be on Baker. You know, saying like, fuck you. You're not on the team. Like, you'll never be on Baker. Like, so all this shit happens. Like, this crazy phone call. I'm not going to get into it. But I was like, whatever, 14, 15-year-old kid. Just like, huh? What? I don't ride for Baker? What? What's going on? You know, and, you know, he was just like, fuck off. Like, this ain't happening. I was like, okay. Um, don't know what's going on. So then I get kicked off Baker after riding for them for two weeks. If I ever rode for them, who knows? You know, <laughs> but I did get it. I got a couple packages, which is cool. But, um... <laughs> So then that happens, I'm like, fucking hell, like, what I do? And, but I don't really even know what any of that means. Like, quitting think, I had no clue what that actually meant. Writing for this other company for two weeks, if that meant anything and getting kicked off. Like, I'm a kid, I'm a teenager, I'm like, fuck it, I wanna go skate, I wanna go see some titties. No, like, <laughs> like I was just a typical teenager, like I could care less about all that shit that's going on. And then I shoot this interview with Brian Gaberman. It's supposed to be going for Slap Magazine. And Brian ended up selling the photos to Big Brother. Slap didn't want to pay the amount of money he wanted to do something. And so this, all of a sudden, these photos I have now get sent to Big Brother. And we do this fucking interview that most people, most older people know about, and most younger kids seem to know me about as well too, because it's what everybody seems to hate me about. You know, so this, this interview comes out, I'm like, oh, it's gonna be Big Brother. I have a chance to be a complete fucking jackass and just lie and have fun and woo. And so I do this fucking stupid interview and completely bullshit the whole time, like lie through my teeth about this whole goddamn thing, thinking like, yeah, it's Big Brother, sick, whatever. And then this fucking infamous interview comes out and then like skateboarding is just over for me all. All of a sudden, like industry-wise, everyone's like, what the fuck just happened here? This guy just, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And... So then I fast forward a little bit more. Jamie Thomas starts giving me zero boards, but he wouldn't give me boards with graphics on them. He would just send me blank boards, you know, just being a homie, which mm-hmm. was cool. And Lance Madden was doing the same thing. Lance was hooking me up with boards. I'm like, hey, you got this. Just keep skating. Just stay positive. And another thing, another big cyber shout out to Lance Madden, because without a guy like Lance, 
I might have just fully just been like, I can't do this. But Lance was such an inspiration. Been like, just keep skating. Don't let this get you down. If that wasn't who you are, like, just stay positive and just keep, just do what you do. Just be you. <laughs> that wasn't you. And I was like, okay. So when you start getting advice from like guys like Lance Madden when you're a teenager, you're like, what the fuck? That's just bizarre. You know, like looking back now, what, 16, 17 years later, I'm like, Lance was giving me advice as a teenager. Jamie Thomas was giving me advice. Ed Templeton. And I was such an idiot. I didn't even understand like what was going on. Like I'm just getting this advice. Like, okay, cool. Thanks. And now I'm like, Dude, those guys really did so much for me. And so, then I started talking to Ed Templeton. I sent a sponsor me video. Ed saw it. Ed started flowing me boards. And for a few months, I, I was really trying to get on a toy machine. I was like, let's do this. And I kept hounding Ed, you know, on the phone every day. Like, hey, what's up, man? I got five new clips for you. Let me send you another video. You know, so I'm sending him like a video like once a week. Like, I got more shit, Ed. Yeah. And he must have been like... This fucking kid with a lisp that can't talk, speech impediment motherfucker, just keeps calling me up. But <laughs> Ed was so cool. He would just be like, yeah, cool, man. Send the footage down. Hope things are going good. Blah, blah, blah. And so Ed is sending me boards. I'm stoked. He's like, hey, there's a couple guys on the team who aren't certain about you, so we can't do anything just yet. Just keep waiting. You know something's going to happen, but just keep waiting if you can. And, you know, now I'm probably, you know, I'm 16 now. It was like a full year of just me being like, like in like a black hole. I don't know what happened. Like I just, interview came out, just bad shit, you know. And so now I'm like, okay, well, I want to ride for Toy Machine. And he's like, just wait. 16, you don't, I wasn't patient. I was stupid and I wasn't patient. I didn't understand what it meant to wait for a fucking, you know, six weeks or eight weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, now that goes by like in the, in the you know, split second eight weeks i'm like eight weeks yeah fuck this is already eight weeks it's been three months no but you know when you're a teenager remember how long the days last yeah they're amazing like so i was like i don't got time to wait and he told me the guy who didn't want me on the team i thought was a friend of mine and that really kind of just heartbroke me i was like fuck that sucks but i wasn't gonna let it bother me i was like i still want to write for toy machine and so i'm still trying to make it work Anyways, now this is probably 2001, it's spring break. I'm like, yeah, spring break, baby. I I just got my driver's license. I got an Oldsmobile. I got a Cutlass Sierra. I got the Broham, the Brom. <laughs> and I'm like, I got two of my buddies. I got Graham and Brandon. We're like the three rock and roll kids in school and the three skateboarders. I'm like, hey, it's spring break. Let's go drive down to Huntington Beach. Go hang up the Tempster. You guys get out down. Yeah. And we're like, fuck yeah Ow! let's get it you know like it was sick we we're like yeah let's go down we got a car i got a hundred bucks let's fucking go do it and we drove straight to warner avenue like and then find a payphone call ed templeton because this is before you know cell phones i'm like tempster what's up man hey when huntington can we stay with you and ed's like yeah come stay with me he puts you know, three 16-year-old kids up at his house. This is, like, Ed and his wife and his cat are living there. And, you know, when you're 16, you don't realize how, like, amazing that is or, like, how nice of it is that somebody offers you a home to stay at. You just think that's normal. Mm-hmm. You know, like, looking back now, I'm like, oh, my gosh, Ed just let me and two of my friends stay with him. 
And so he's like, hey, come on over. He takes us out to LA to eat at some vegan restaurant. You know, and being the brat I was, I was like, vegan food? What the fuck? You know, like comparatively <laughs> like, oh my gosh, Ed Templeton is taking me out to dinner. This is the coolest shit ever. I'm like, vegan food, huh? Okay. And then we went to go watch this new Jack Black movie, Orange County. And me and my buddy was like, dude, we just drove down. Like, let's go skate. Because we're 16. You think pro skaters only want to skate, you know? Like, that's all you think about. And so we're hanging out with Ed the next day. He's like, I got to run some errands. I never have, like, errands. What the fuck? That's what, like, my parents do. You're a skateboarder. Who runs errands? Because, like, I just didn't realize... You have to remember, I'm, I only know skateboarding through my VHS tapes. Yeah. That's the only way I know pro skateboarding. You know, fireworks, blowing things up, fucking crooked grinds, like, cool shit. And I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm with the Tempster. It's going to be front feebles, front blunts, nose blunts, and winning <laughs> nose grinds all weekend long. And I'm like, I'm not, like, expecting this other stuff. Anyways, wake up one morning, you know, he smacked me with his a pink dildo, which was the highlight. And... <laughs> So he then goes, okay, I got to run these errands. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I get a call from Josh Beagle that day. Or I called Josh Beagle. Somehow we got on the phone with Beagle. And he's like, hey, come to San Diego and come skate with me down here. Because I was riding for pig tires, riding for pig. He's like, come ride, come down and skate San Diego. And me and my brother, he's like, hey, fuck it. How far is San Diego? Two hours from Orange County? Hour? Yeah, let's go for it. I'm like... How did we get there? We're like, I don't know. Just go south towards Mexico. Like, no clue where we're going. Which is like, yeah, just jump on this freeway. Let's go for it. Follow the signs. I ended up leaving Ed's house that day without saying goodbye. Like, this is... So I've never talked about this. This is like a total... Like... Like, actually really hurts to say. Like, because it's such a fucked up thing I did. And I never actually have really apologized to Ed's face about this. Because... I mean, it's like a really hard thing to do. And Ed is one of my favorite skippers of all time. And one of my favorite human beings. I was going to ride for a toy machine. And I left his house without saying thank you. Like, without even realizing, like, what he's done for, like, yeah. me and my buddies. We're like, dude, we don't want to hang out in the suburbs of Huntington Beach. We want to go skate. This is spring break. So, but at 16, you don't realize what this guy is doing. Right. So I fucking, or maybe some people do. But as I've said before, I was an idiot still am but so we left to san diego didn't even say goodbye to deanna or ed just like <laughs> gone let's go skate spring break we got five days left let's go make it happen so i bailed out of ed's house no goodbyes just like not thinking about it you know just like woo, 16 let's go cruise i get to san diego we meet up with josh beagle and josh is like hey duffel what's up and i Met Josh as a kid from when he, when he used to come out and skate with Stable and BA up in Walnut Creek. I'm like, Beagle, yeah, woo! Josh is like, hey, what do you guys want to do? And we're like, let's go skate. Yeah, you want to go skate? Cool, let's go film. Ethan wants to go skate today. And let me tell you guys this. Ethan Fowler is my favorite skateboarder of all time. So, to be in San Diego now, about to go skate with Ethan, like, spring break just went, bam! Like, it was fucking <laughs> sick you know like it went from no offense like eating like tofu to all of a sudden hang out with ethan fowler and <laughs> like i said before when you're a kid you don't realize like how fucking amazing it was that ed templeton bought me and two of my friends dinner 
and I have the nerve to be like vegan food compared to being like this is the fucking most amazing thing that's ever happened you know like mm-hmm. I didn't realize that at the time so that's why I was saying it's like such a heartbreaker as I get older I'm like I can't believe I did this to Ed um, it's been like a guilty conscience for 17 15 years going oh my gosh what an idiot what a fucktard but still now we show up in San Diego Ethan's there Beagle's like hey let's get carne asada burritos I'm like a car a steak burrito are you fucking shitting me so down so we get this fat steak burritos amazing he's like hey Ethan's gonna be a couple hours what do you, what do you guys want to do I'm like whatever let's get skate and he goes hey I could sneak you into the strip club and I'm like tits fuck yeah dude ow like so hyped so he gets me and two buddies three 16 year olds into the strip club and we're like yeah we're seeing tits and then all of a sudden <laughs> then we go to the bar he gets us to the live wire where they have a kick-ass jukebox and his friends like the you know the bartender were like we're hanging out at the bar at 16 now fucking rad and then we go skate with ethan so like san diego is fucking level 10 i mean like my st- psych factor is through the fucking roof now i mean it was already like good in huntington but now i'm like this is amazing and so we're out skating with ethan ethan was kind of like hey why do you want to ride for why are you gonna ride for toy machine i was like i love i think toy machine is really awesome ed's one of my favorite skateboarders and i love toy machine and he was like you should ride for foundation and i was like damn ride for foundation and i was like foundation was another one of my favorite companies growing up toy machine zero foundation stereo those were like the brands i loved so when Ethan asked me right from foundation, it was just like, bam, let's do it. I'm on? Fuck yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Woo! Ow! You know, like fucking stoked, man. I'm like, this is like after like a year and a half, no board sponsoring, nothing. Everybody hates my guts. I'm the fucking worst little kid in the industry. It's just, and as I know this, so for anybody that wants to go, he still sucks. Well, obviously, yeah, but I know I sucked back then. Like as an adult, you, you know, you age, you learn from things, you know, you like so anyways now i'm on foundation i'm like whatever that really means who knows you know like there's no contracts involved in skateboarding you just it's like a high five and a let's go celebrate let's go eat another burrito let's go see some <laughs> more tits then cool and then i'm too scared to call ed templeton now ed's calling my parents house because we had no cell phone like i said going hey have you heard from Corey? he hasn't showed he's gone like he didn't leave a note he just him and his friends are gone and Somehow, you know, maybe my parents had Beagle's phone number or something. Maybe I left contacts before I left. Somehow Josh was like, hey, call up. Um, I got a phone call from your dad. And I'm like, yeah, what's up? And the old man is like, hey, the tempster called over here. He's looking for you. And I'm fucking too scared to just talk to Ed and be like, hey, I'm going to write for Foundation. Like, I, I didn't know how to even say it. You know, it was like such a... It's such a hard thing to do. Like, it was like a breakup. And I hadn't even gone through a breakup yet or nothing, you know. But, like, it was something really hard. And I never really talked to Ed about the whole situation. This is the first time it's ever been discussed. Damn. So he might hear him be like, huh? Or he might be like, that's not how it went whatsoever. But <laughs> that's my story of it. That's that's how I remember as, you know, a 16-year-old kid. And, like, going down the ride for Toy Machine. And I ended up leaving on foundation instead and finally you know beagle called him and goes hey he's gonna ride for foundation because i still didn't know how to like really be like 
because I wanted to ride for Toy Mission and I wanted to ride for Foundation. But like, how do you pick? You know, it's like yeah, pizza, hamburger. You're like, <laughs> I want both. Pizza, man. I wanted my cake to. I wanted it all, you know. And so I ended up just doing Foundation. Damn, that is a hell of a spring break, my man. Yeah, it was fucking great. And then driving back home, and the the Oldsmobile made it all the way back home. <laughs> this is gas was like a buck fifty still, so it was amazing. I was like, woo, just cruising. I was like, end up getting on Foundation and. Fuck, I think it's been 16 years now, and it's been there ever since. Wow. And so, I mean, Foundation all came down to Josh Beagle, Josh and Ethan. Like, when you hang out with guys you love, and somebody asks you to do something, you're stoked to do it. For and sure. Toy Machine, I was just a, there wasn't that 100% commitment, because one guy on the team wasn't feeling me, whereas with Foundation, it was like, right away. Ethan going, hey, you want to ride for it? It was just like, fuck yes. Who didn't want you on the team? You really want to? Okay. <laughs> um, I'm not throwing you under the bus too hard. Because, I mean, this is one of my close friends now. And a close friend before, but it was Caswell. Oh, oh shit. damn. Yeah, it was Caswell Barry. Which is kind of... Me and Caswell grew up skating together as kids. And we grew up skating... I mean, obviously, we still skate together. Like, I mean, we're fucking... We're like blood. I mean, that's yeah. like one of my best skate bros out there. I love Caswell. And that's why it was like, at the time, it, when I heard that, it really hurt because I thought he would be the guy that said, of course, let's get Corey on the team. Yeah. But you know, when you have two 16-year-old kids, there's jealousy maybe, there's whatever. You know that. It's crazy. So, yeah, kind of just random how that all worked out. Take us behind the scenes on the infamous That's Life bail. I was down in um, Southern California for an active skateboard shop demo. Um, Foundation was doing maybe the demo for active. I have no clue. It's just a big active demo. Anyways, I happened to be down there. We ended up at the most beige, I mean, fucking beige looking rail. This thing was so boring. I was like, cool, 10 stair rail. And it was a 10 stair with a kink. And just like whatever <laughs> and not into it i hate boring looking schoolyards yeah it's not, like they're the worst looking spots there's nothing exciting about them and anyways beagle of all people josh beagle let's not you know let's make sure that's the the right one josh <laughs> beagle goes hey you should grind that rail i go fuck that rail and he was like i'll buy you a bacon cheeseburger if you grind it first try i was like fuck yeah i'm down let's do it i'm thinking Cool, I get it. Like, I'm gonna get a hamburger, the 50 50 this rail. No problem. Like, I thought it was gonna be that easy. You yeah. know, like, I was like, I haven't done anything all in a flat ground probably yet. This is before the demo we're supposed to do as well, by the way, too. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Whatever. All 50 50 this shit. <laughs> Miss my pop. Next thing I know, you know, I'm flying through the air, hit my thigh on the kink, hit my head on the ground, kind of get up, and I'm just like, fuck. And I go walk off to the corner. All those guys who are there are like, oh my gosh, I think Duffman just died. Like, <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm fine. Uh, like, I'm real shaky. But sometimes you take a fall, you don't really, you don't know how bad it is at the moment. Yeah. You're just more kind of pissed that it happened. Like, that hamburger was not worth it. What the fuck was I doing? <laughs> so I kind of go walk off and I'm like, wait a second, I can't walk. My leg hurts so bad from 
hitting the rail. The Charlie horse was actually maybe worse pain in the head. I mean, I had blood coming out my ears, by the way, too. Jesus. I had a real bad concussion. But it's kind of like, whatever, fuck it, who cares? I'm like, um, I don't want to do the rail anymore. It's like, I don't want the hamburger. I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm not kidding anymore. <laughs> this demo, no more, dude. I was like, I was like, I want to go back home. I want to go back up north. I'm like, I'm sick of, I don't want to be down south anymore. <laughs> you are done. Like, I remember it being like, kind of a kind of a good day, but not even like a stoked day yet. But to be like, this sucks. <laughs> you know, like Jesus. It was just a one try. You know, there was like two two options. It was either make and get the you know the the hamburger, or I took the the other option. I ate shit. Hang up on the cover of a video. I guess it's kind of <laughs> damn. Maybe maybe it's actually better than the hamburger in the long run. But it's a story to have. It was just a weird slam, just a freak accident. You know, like yeah, being cocky and thinking something was gonna work so easy. Like let's do it. Yeah, remember to warm up, kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not worth it for a hamburger. You know, <laughs> it's never worth the bet. Just don't do it. We heard you got beat up by a wrestling coach once. Care to tell the story <laughs> on that one? Yeah, that that is a true story. Well, there's been two different wrestling coaches, actually. Not just one. Two. And two different high schools, too. What? So the first... Yeah, go figure. You know, and one was actually on film, too. And somehow it was still my fault, even though you see the footage of, like, full-on Homer Simpson, like, guy strangling me out. And somehow I'm at fault still. But the second one was actually... I ended up getting a, a broken collarbone, a broken nose, and um, a fractured cheek from a wrestling coach where I was skateboarding a roof gap with Arto Sari, of all people. Oh he was, like, filming for, like, his like, Skate of the Year interview type thing. But I was like, yeah, here, here's a sick roof gap. Let's go skate it. My board falls off the roof. I go jump off the roof to fetch the board. I see some dude holding my skateboard. I'm like, hey, that's mine. I need it back. And he's like, no, this is my skateboard now, kind of. I was like, no, 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 no. Give my board back. I was like, I need my board. I just said, please. Of course I didn't say please. I said, give my fucking board back. You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm 16 or 17. And I'm like, give my board. And me and him start to kind of argue about it. He's like, you can't be here. You're trespassing. I'm like, okay, whatever. You're stealing my board. Trespassing is one thing, but you just stole my board. And he's like, I'm keeping it. And so I try to yank it to get it back. And as me and him are arguing over my skateboard, another coach out of nowhere, I don't see. Next thing I know, I'm getting brought to the ground. I get tackled. I got WWF. Fucking macho man just came. You know, one of these fucking dickheads just came and body slams me to the ground as I'm not looking. My collarbone is fully dislocated and broken. Like, I'm like, oh, shit. As I'm on the ground, he's fucking clocking me. I'm like, what the fuck? And this is a grown man. This is like a high school wrestling coach. And I, wow. I was probably like a 120-pound kid. I mean, I looked like a fucking crackhead for, you know what I mean? Or I looked like a woman at this time. You know, I was like <laughs> fucking very frail. I was a little kid. And as I'm on the ground, kind of like whimpering now because I just got my ass kicked by this dude, he's having all the other kids there, like the wrestling team came out, and they're all laughing at me, calling me names, like, you fucking faggot, you fucking pussy. As I'm on the ground, looking like, got attacked. Not even beat up, just, I got fully attacked by this grown man. Wow. Yeah, so I'm like, what the fuck? And then I walk back after this whole thing. I kind of, like, escape it. Like, I just left my board. It's like, fuck it. And I kind of, like, 
power walk back towards like Arto and Luke Ogden where they were skating. They don't know this whole thing is going on because they're still on top of the roof. And this happened all within, you know, probably a minute and a half, two minutes. And I'm like, hey guys, I need help. Like, I'm like, I'm kind of fucked up down here. I need some help. And so then they're like, what happened? I was like, I just got my, like, I just got beat up by this, um, these kids down here, these kids and this dude, like, this dude just kicked my ass, man. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? And then cops are, co- now like, there's some cops show up at the scene. Cops are instantly like, skateboarders over here, you're in big trouble. You're being arrested, for trespassing, vandalism. As I'm like, um, like I need to go to the hospital. Like, leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And you know, so I'm getting yelled at by the cops, the wrestling coaches, and then the paramedics show up, and they're like, "Hey, we need to take you to the hospital." I was like, "No, no, no, I'm not jumping in the ambulance. That's way too expensive. I can't. Yeah, I do need to go to the hospital, but not with you guys. Like, I'm not jumping in the ambulance." They're like, you obviously have a broken, like, your collarbone is fully broken. You have a bloody nose. Your face looks fucked. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, but whatever. I was like, and the cops are trying to give me a ticket as this whole thing is going down, like, for vandalism and trespassing and whatever else. And somehow, when the court date all comes up, so this thing goes to court, I'm actually in trouble still, even though I was beat up by two adults at 16 years old, broken bones, all documented, and somehow I'm, I'm still in trouble. I still had to pay a fine for skateboarding at a public school because wow. they said I had no right to be at the school on a Sunday because the school is closed. Yet, there's kids playing basketball, other people, you know, like on the track. But since I was skateboarding and looked a certain way, whatever, I was in trouble. <laughs> so it's like a damn. whole fucked up situation. <laughs> like, That's are you kidding me? I had, you know, like, it should have been one of those things where I'm like, I'm. Yeah, I'm gonna get a new car. I'm gonna buy a Cadillac. I don't need an Oldsmobile. I'm gonna get a Cadillac. Yeah. Thanks to these guys. That's crazy, man. So it's just a fucked up thing. Yeah. So you know our boy, the infamous Canadian skate midget, Mitch Barrett. You and him ever get into any <sighs> trouble my together? Dog. <laughs> what up, Mitch? <laughs> of course. I love Mitch, by the way, too. If he's listening, another big shout out. Yeah. You, you got any Mitch B stories? You guys have some fun together, <laughs> or what? Osiris we did days. did have fun. So somehow. I ended up in Toronto on a Yo Cyrus trip back in this probably like 2008, 2009. And I don't know Dustin's last name, but he was pretty wigged out at the time, too. You know, he was definitely Canuck as fuck, as we would call it, say it down here in America. He would, you know, and Mitch, the baggiest wearing dude at the time, too. <laughs> you know, like, and this is like when Osiris was kind of more like almost not rock and roll, because. Also, Cyrus can never be like a rock and roll company, but yeah, it was definitely different than the their late nineties Osiris. But the Canadian Osiris guy still had the the full on like yo 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 <laughs> Osiris, and, and I meet this kid Mitch, and he's like yo what up? And he's got the Godfather voice type thing, you know? Like I'm like this guy is so gnarly, like he is so into his image. He even speaks like a fucking G. <laughs> You know, and then after a few days, I had like me and him are hanging out. I'm like, "Yo, Mitch, dude, you got?" I was like, "I know, I got a fucked up voice, man. Like, I can't talk." But I go, "Why do you talk like that? What's going on? Like, who you, like who are you fooling with that?" And he was like, "This is how I talk, homie." He's like, and he tells me the story. You know, like you guys know the story. I'm guessing, yeah, yeah. like, you know, some fucked up neighbor, whatever, lit him on fire. I was like. Oh my gosh, dude. 
you know, me just fully thinking he was, like, just trying to play the part. Like, I thought he was just fully, you know, cosplaying, being a gangster the whole time. I'm like, this motherfucker from Ottawa or whatever he's from, trying to be the fucking, the thuggiest dude. I was like, him and Wade. I was like, yeah, uh-huh, guys. You guys are real thugs, you know? <laughs> and it's best because I love these guys, you know? Like, we've become such homies over the years. But at the time, I was just like, this is nuts. And he told me the story, and I was just fully, you know, jaw dropped. I was like, oh, shit. Sorry, son. Yeah. <laughs> It's unbelievable. Yeah. But it was just funny. Cause, I mean, this is when I was, like, in fucking, like, my worst-looking look at the time, too, you know? Fucking crazy mullet going on, like, the tightest of the tight shit. Probably 50 necklaces going on. Like, yeah. I look like a fucking coop, you know? Like, I was so into, like, glam rock. I was like, Wee! I'm a fucking rock star. Ow! And then you had Mitch, who was, like, the most gangstered out dude, and we're both hanging out together, and it's like, it's just the fucking best time. And, yeah, dude. That's amazing. All I can say is Canuck as fuck. It's always good times with Mitch, yo. It really is, you know. And, dude, he showed me... So he showed me footage of him 50-50, like, in the back 50 on, like, a 20-stair handrail, and, like, back-lipping a fucking gigantic route, too. I'm like, how's a thugged-out dude like this doing way gnarlier shit than I'm ever doing? Like, it just <laughs> blew my fucking mind. Yeah, and don't judge a, a Mitch by its cover. Never. <laughs> Can't judge any of those Canadians by the covers. I mean, they're <laughs> fucking shit. I mean, I gotta get back to Toronto one day, though. That's for sure. Like, it was... That was actually an awesome trip. Hell yeah. Yo, Ghost, you know what's coming up around the corner? It's holiday season, my friend. And you know one thing we can always count on is that brand new Brixton gear and the holiday collection has arrived. D. Jones, man. The holiday collection is officially in stores. So head over to your local Brixton retailer and make it happen. Get it cracking. Because, hey, if you're trying to look as fly as me and Donald these holidays, (laughs) you better Hop over to Brixton.com, order yourself some, or in-store. You dig? You know I'm looking fresh in that form and long sleeve today, B. (laughs) Since joining the Brixton Union, me and the ghost have never looked better. You know they keep us fresh from head to toe, and we always top it off with the classic heist beanie. Every color, no matter what season it is, Brixton, they got our backs. My hairline's looking dusty these days, so you know I got my heist beanie on. But yo, speaking of fresh to death, Sam Lind, Brixton Union, West Coast Shredder. He's tearing up all the tranny in Vancouver, and he's looking fly as hell while he's at it. Catch that man in the reserve chino pant any day of the week. You dig? Make sure you guys head over to Brixton.com or check out your local Brixton retailer for that holiday collection. She'll be in stores now. So for a long time, you were skinny, lanky dude, getting buck in the streets, you know what I'm saying, putting down the hammers. And then all of a sudden, seemingly out of nowhere, you got super deezed. What happened, yo? You're looking pretty deezed right now. I'll tell you what happened, yo. <laughs> I broke my leg. <laughs> I broke my leg. I snapped my shit in half. And that was late 2007. And I couldn't skate for over six months. And when I started rehabbing, well, first off, it's the crutches, man. You haven't been on crutches for three and a half months. It's a lot of work. Like, yeah. That's like when I started getting kind of some upper body strength, you know? 
and I started going <laughs> to the gym. And once I started hitting the gym, I just got kind of into it. And next thing I know, it went from duffel to buffle, you know? Like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I, I got just kind of just started pumping iron. Like, it's like, fuck it. Let's kick some ass. Woo! But yeah, it was, it was breaking my leg is what happened. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck, I gained 20 pounds. Let's just keep it going. Let's see if I can hit 200. And it became like a goal. I was like, yeah, I want to hit 200. Let's see if I can do it. And, you know, being 200 pounds on a skateboard, it's not the bright, best idea, especially when you're 6'2". You know, it's, yeah. the bigger you are, it's just the harder you fall. Mm-hmm. That, bad call. So that that's all that was. Yeah, it definitely has its, uh, its downfalls. <laughs> yeah. So you rode for Osiris forever. You guys parted ways not too long ago. What's the story there? Yeah. And who do you have your eye on for a next shoe sponsor? Yeah, so I rode for Osiris 10 years, Damn. 2007 to like 2017. And, you know, I don't, I'm not the guy that wants to like go badmouth nothing, anybody, you know, because they gave me 10 good years and I can't complain about that. But I'll tell you, not riding for them now, I'm happier than I've been in 10 years. Kids are like, hey, we're stoked to see you skating again. And you seem really stoked. Mm-hmm. And the main thing is I look down at my feet. I'm fucking hyped again. I just feel good. Like, looking down right now and seeing a pair of shoes that I love on my feet makes me really happy. Because for 10 years, I was wearing shoes I never liked and never stood behind and never cared about. Yeah. And I'm not saying this as, like, trying to talk shit on them. It's just I was never into it. I was really loyal to them as a brand because they took good care of me. But it was something I can never fully support. It was actually kind of hard because... It wouldn't have been the first shoe company I ever chose to ride for. I never owned a pair of Osiris shoes as a kid. Yeah. I never would have worn a pair of Osiris shoes. It was nothing I was interested in. I wore, you know, Converse, America, or Adidas. That's what I was into. So after years of just being unhappy and many, many pay cuts and kicking friends off the team and just a lot of shit that I wasn't really stoked on. Actually, a whole lot of shit I wasn't stoked on. I was like, you know, I got to just... I gotta just man up and just say, you know, a paycheck is not worth my happiness. Yeah. And and I left because I was super depressed, just riding for companies that weren't making me happy. And all of a sudden, when I quit, also my body started feeling good. Like my feet were happy again. Like I was stoked. Like mentally, I was like, Woo-hoo! yeah, let's go <laughs> fucking skate. I got fucking sparked again, and which was like the best thing that's ever happened to me, like in a long time was walking away from something that wasn't making me happy. But you know, it's it's hard to leave something when you're comfortable or when it's just convenient. I mean, as you guys both know too. But yeah, that's kind of all it was. It's just had, I had to just do something new. I had to make changes, you know. I gave them 10 years, they gave me 10 years of traveling and good times, and then it's just like, okay, we let's do it, let's, bye-bye. Yeah, eventually it's just time to uh, move on to something new, right? Yeah. It was, it was a sinking ship, and I hope the best for them. You know, it's like I know they do work hard at what they do, but I saw it as something that I had no future, and I didn't want to be over there. Mm-hmm. And ten years ago, I didn't have, I didn't want to ride for Osiris, but I had some friends working there. I had friends on the team, and they were like, "Hey, you should ride for us." And even ten years ago, I was like, "I'd rather be without a shoe sponsor than ride for you guys." Yeah. And because I was without a shoe sponsor for. I think three years before I got on them anyways. Jeez. So I was kind of like, well, fuck it. I don't really need to ride for you guys, but I ended up doing it and it was it was cool for a bit. And then it's just, like I said, it's, things just needed to change. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. 
that's that's a long time to be on a team that you weren't really that hyped on. Yeah, like I said, as soon as I, I went out and got a pair of Converse, I'm like looking at Chuck Taylor's again on my feet and Jack Purcell's, I'm like, fuck yes. I don't have to deal with somebody telling me to post something on Instagram. Hey, here's a D3. He <laughs> post this on your Instagram. And I'm like, this is really, no, I don't really want to. This is, so get me really emotional. And guys out there listening, I'm a fucking big wimp. I'm an emotional person. So it's like, it sucks when you have to do something that you don't really want to. And being sponsored is kind of crazy because people put you on a team because they want you to be yourself and they put you on for who you are, but yet then they want to kind of change you and tell you what to do and tell you what to wear. And it's really strange because you're like, you put me on for me being me, for being the individual I am. And now you want me to like promote this thing I don't believe in. And it's like, it puts you or put me in a very awkward position. Like, and it just made me feel like I wasn't being true to myself and I just hated it. And so I wasn't happy. And if you're depressed, you can't skate. No. I mean, it's that simple. Like, You really can't. And all of a sudden it's like, once that shit was off my shoulders, like skateboarding became like the fucking best thing in the world again. Like like looking down and doing a fucking ollie in a pair of shoes I like, I'm like, oh yeah, this is good. Yeah, there you go. Again. It's a much different feeling. Absolutely. <laughs> was there ever a skater you kept tabs on in the NAR game that you kind of had a competitive rivalry with? I don't think I've ever really had rivals, rivalries in skateboarding. Like, I kind of just try to do my own thing always and not worry about what other people are doing. But, you know, I'm obviously a guy like Paul Mock now. Fuck, I think he was like the gnarliest dude. Like, you'd see him front nose at 15. You couldn't be like, you couldn't deny it and not like check it out. I'm like, dude, just nose blinded a yellow 18 stair handrail. What the fuck? But, yeah, I don't think there was ever any competition for it with me. It's just kind of me doing my own thing in the suburbs and just me skating and trying to do the best I could do. Yeah, only ask because, like, when you're at the level of NAR you are, there's probably not a lot of people you can, like, relate to. So you're, like... Who, who <laughs> Paul Mack knows yeah, that's, that's one, one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like, it's, like, such a diff, And that's the thing. Gnarly is weird because there's gnarly and then there's good. I guess maybe I put myself more in the gnarly category because you don't know if, like myself, I don't know if it's ever going to work. I just hope it works. Mm-hmm. But now you have guys who, they're doing bigger rails than anybody ever could do, but it's not so gnarly. And I don't mean this in a shit-talking way, but people actually know how to skate now. You know, They're actually good at handrails. Yeah. Like before, like Cardiel was gnarly. Raven Terche is gnarly. You know, like yeah. some of these new kids on rails, yeah, they're... It's very calculated nowadays. They're the biggest, baddest shit, but it's different. And I don't want to throw names out there because I'm not trying to sh- sound jaded or negative. It's just not the same type of handrail excitement. Because remember like the early ni- early 2000s, when you saw what Heath was doing, or guys like that, you were like, this is fucking cool. Yeah. Like a Smith grind on a 12-star rail was cool. And now when you see a 50-50 on, you know, or a 5-0 down a quadruple kink, we're just like kind of numb to it. Oh, it doesn't yeah. seem so gnarly anymore. Nowadays, it's good. I mean, when you were doing it, fucking, and you and Mac now and Heath and stuff, you know, you guys were far apart from the pack, but nowadays, every, every fucking am coming up can 50 at least a quadruple kink. And like I'm saying, the tech guy is way better than the gnarly guy. Like, yeah. they're, so, they're just good now. It's a cold world bundle up. Jaded way. It's just different. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> Considering how long you've been in the game and the type of skating you do, how is it taking its toll on your body? I'll tell you right now, I'm feeling fucking good. Woo! No, woo, yeah. I might have taken some 
some good slams. I've had a lot of broken bones. You know, I've gone over a year without skating before. You know, I've gone you know six months without skating a few times. Now I've probably had five years of injuries. I'm not gonna lie, but right now I fucking feel good and I'm so goddamn sparked right now. I'm like stoked. Like it's like I'm skating every day and just like eight hours a day. Like yeah, baby, let's go get more. Like Damn. I'm back to like feeling like a teenager. I don't know what the fuck happened, but somehow all of a sudden whatever pain I had five years ago. All that shit's gone. It's it's weird. That's what's up. Did you? Okay, it's like unexplainable. You eating tofu these days? You, you like come around to a new way of living. <laughs> what it is? You know, it, I probably feel like how you know, like I'm not a religious dude. I don't know anything about it. But you know, like a, a reborn dude is like, holy, like they're all fucking <laughs> stoked on life. That's how like, I am right now. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck happened, but if I believed in God, I just found him because I felt damn good again. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's amazing, like. And I, what's funny, it all comes down to the fucking shoes I'm putting down, like going, oh yeah, I got a pair of shoes on my feet that I like. Let's have some fun. And like just, and for a long time, I was so worried about what team managers and other people were telling me. And now I just kind of realized, I'm like, I'm 33 years old. You don't like the way I skate? Fuck off. This is the way I skate. I don't want to be told what I can and can't do anymore. You want to tell me I have to go skate something big? fuck you yeah i'm gonna skate the way i want to skate you know for sure and so like i got this i'm back to like feeling how i was before i got sponsored or when i was making a name for myself mm-hmm. it's just back to being a skate rat and it's the fucking best thing in the world like i'm so stoked that's what's up what about the whole like pro part though are you just skating kind of for fun more these days you still collecting some checks what's good well i guess i don't know what makes you a pro skateboarder i have no clue it's checks right it's good. um <laughs> So I guess I'm still, I still have a board on foundation and I still have sponsors, which after all these years have supported me and helped me out, which is fucking amazing. And I know for a fact I'm not done yet. I know, I think kids and fans, they still want to see me skate. And that's my plan. I'm not, you guys ain't getting rid of me that easy yet. (laughs) Not you guys, but you know, skateboarding, you ain't done with me yet, baby. That's what we want to hear, B. That's what's up. So what's next for Corey Duffel? Fucking trying to get this video part out for you guys Woo! yeah now just skating as much as i right now all i care about is skateboarding like that's like until like i'm completely broke the fuck off and have no money or whatever i'm just gonna skate till the tires fall off you know that's my plan boom that's like, what's that's up all i want to do like i'm so fucking fiending skating right now it's like you go skate 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 like and so i'm stoked that's like to find that love again because it's not that I ever lost it, but there was just, there was a couple of years I got just, I was depressed. I was pissed. I was mm-hmm. upset. I wasn't happy. And if you're not happy, you can't skateboard. No. Like, like it's weird. Like, skateboarding brings you happiness, but if you're not mentally happy and you're physically unhealthy, yeah, yeah I just couldn't skate. And I realized I hated life because I couldn't skate. And also now it's back. I'm like, yes, life is tight. It's a hell of an outlet, man. That's for sure. Yeah, it sure is. Yo, 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 y'all know what time it is. It's rapid fire with the ghost, you dig? And this week, we brought to you by a drift skate shop in Toronto. And you know what's coming to stores next week? 
Polar Fall 2017. They got the widest selection in Canada and it's available in store and online at adriftshop.com. You know they got them 90s jeans, the best jeans to skate in with that perfect amount of stretch. You know what I'm saying? They got the new Gonzalez quarter fleece zip and tons of other pieces, all made in Europe with that premium quality. You dig what I'm saying? Yo, a drift skate shop. Get there in store or online at adriftshop.com. You ready, Corey? Yeah, I hope so. We'll see. I'm off. I'm not the wittiest guy, so let's see. <laughs> Favorite skater? Ethan Fowler. Favorite video? Ah, shit, physics. Favorite style? Ethan Fowler. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth? Grant Taylor. Favorite <sighs> trick? Ollie. Um, actually, let's say a frontside board side on a motherfucking like, bump to fridge. That's a goddamn <laughs> good time. <laughs> Sorry. We gotta let y'all know. You can't just do one favorite trick. Anything with a bump involved is always fun. Okay, rapid fire. <laughs> Hardest trick for you? Impossible. Most illegal trick? Back three. <laughs> no, fuck that. Pressure flip, man. Pressure flip's <laughs> whack. <laughs> I gotta let that be known. That's not being hateful. Pressure flips. They sucked in the 90s and they still suck. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Just to give it a back, back tail fakie. That's life. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Gnarly trick I ever saw JT Alts did a ollie over to nose blunt, alt slide over a hammer to brick hubba. That was Jeez. the gnarliest thing I've ever seen. Wow. And kick up nose manual down the Shelter Island banks, the Tom Penny banks in San Diego. I think those are two tricks only he could do. Gnarliest yeah. two tricks I've ever seen. What's the one trick that got away? <laughs> Impossible in back threes, the only two tricks I can't do, so I'm very jaded towards those two fucks. What's the last new trick you learned? I did a fakey hard flip the other day. I was pretty stoked on it. <laughs> yeah, Louis Lopez goes, can you fakey hard flip? I was like, yeah, let's see. And it worked first try. I don't know. So maybe I've done one before, but I don't think I ever have. But it worked. Hell yeah. Let's just say fakey hard flip. If you never started skating, what would you be doing? Archaeology. What? Uh, what's your favorite Wade Desarmo clip? <laughs> Dude, the fakey flip. He does a fakey kick flip switch 5-0. Fakey foot, fakey nose grind. I was on a bench. I thought that was insane. Who the fuck does that, you know? <laughs> that was tight. What's the one sponsor you regret riding for? I think we know the answer to that one. I think I just talked about it. Osiris? Yes. <laughs> Favorite local brand? Dave's Killer Bread. Favorite local skater? Alex Kahn. Sick. Favorite teammate ever? JT Alts. Worst company? <laughs> I don't know if it's called Lars Teddens. It was the guy that used to pose salad grinds and rails wearing a kilt. I think it was called <laughs> Lars Teddens. <laughs> Do you guys know what that is? No, oh, but it was a me- it was a metal it was a metal skateboard. And I think it was called Lars Teddens. If anybody else knows about Lars Teddens, you'll have a laugh. He was posing on a rail wearing a kilt. That's the worst. God damn. Maybe the best. And he actually sells cigars. I think it was cigars and metal skateboards. Wow. Worst trend. That's too much, man. Cuff pants. <laughs> Worst style. Frankie Villani. Sorry, Frankie. You don't have the worst style, but I'm just using your name because I watched a part today. Only name I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> Last person you want on the sesh. Dan Z. Oh. Damn. <laughs> well, I guess I should say Johan, his dog. 
Not the antique, Johan, last, last duel on the sesh. Shots fired. Yeah, and, and Dancy's like the closest homie too. <laughs> that goddamn dog. That's hilarious. All right, y'all, that's going to wrap up our interview with Corey Duffel. My man, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Absolutely. Fucking pleasure, guys. All right, y'all. It's time to get into the post office, brought to you by our good friends over at Time Bomb Trading. And this week, it's all about America's brand new Widow Pack. With Halloween having just passed, now is the time to introduce all things scary. And America is following suit by introducing its brand new Widow Pack. Head over to thrashermag.com to check out the shoe and video clip featuring Colin Provost and Zach Allen now. The shoe will be in stores across Canada and worldwide at finer retailers now. So make sure you go and get yours before it's too late. Let's get it poppin', y'all. You've got mail. First up, we got an email from C for Real. Uh, it's definitely not your name, but <laughs> shouts out to you. Why is it that soccer heads have to bully people into liking their sport? To each his own, but that shit is boring. Shouts from Minnesota. I'm going to enjoy the pod, but want to hear more shots fired. Uh, I don't know who he's talking about bullying. Maybe the people who emailed him talking about footy chat and that. But I don't know. Soccer fans ain't bullying me. I don't fucking watch that shit, but I got mad respect for soccer, but I'll watch it if something dope pops off, I guess. In the, me- in the meantime, Mike Henry, yo. Shouts out to Mike Henry. I mean, I'm down to watch a big game, like some Toronto FC finals or some Euro Cup or World Cup finals. Like, I would probably be a soccer fan if there wasn't the NHL, the NBA, and the NFL. You know, it's just priorities, dog. Like, I ain't hating on soccer. I just got so much shit to watch. That is some real talk. Priorities, baby. (laughs) I got mine straight, dog. But the man wants to hear more shots fired. I mean... Why don't you send in your real name and we'll do a little deep dive on you and who knows what we'll come up with you, Diggy. Real talk. All right, next up, we got an email from Psych McSeek. Is that another fucking fake name? (laughs) Who are these people? Uh, I guess when you go through the website, you can just give yourself a funny fake name. Doesn't have to be your email. Subject, hate, hate, hate. What happened to Brandon Del Bianco, Marc-Andre Daoust, Stenger, Ted DeGroe, even safer damn be <laughs> shoot flames until the barrel melts maybe they'll come on to rebuke thanks for this podcast though life change for the best yo first off we definitely appreciate the love and uh podcast changed my life for the better too so glad we could do the same for you as far as fucking shooting shots at these guys donald you want to you want to go first I mean, I don't think there's no, like, shooting to be done here. Binko, I think some unfortunate events happened, like, shitty interview came out. And then a lot of people just, like, look at you a little different when that stuff happens. Like, you just heard it in Corey Duffel's interview, like, the story, like, that shit ain't easy to come back from. Maybe he was just burnt out on it, you know? As far as the other guys go, I mean, sometimes like it happens in every group of friends when you're skating, as you grow up, like not all your friends are gonna skate forever, you know? Some of mine and Sava's best friends who we skated with for years when we were kids, they just, they stopped skating as well, you know? It just, it happens, man. Sometimes it's not a lifelong thing for everyone, but I definitely got no shots to shoot at any of these guys. And as far as Psych McSeek saying even safer, like, 
I'm gonna let you take that one, dog. All right, yeah. Let me echo those sentiments. I got no shots, Binko. I actually just randomly watched all his parts the other day, bored in bed. That dude <laughs> is an absolute beast. Like, just go watch any one of his parts. He shut down fucking all of Canada, basically. Actually. Um, so, yeah, he, he's done his thing. And it's just life, man. Shit happens. Shit comes up. Injuries come up. Girlfriends come up. Fucking work comes up. You know what I'm saying? We, we can't all stay young forever and live off that shit. Uh, Marc-Andre Daoust, no idea. Uh, he was tight, though. Stanger. I don't know what the fuck he's saying. Golfing, probably. Maybe still killing it on the low. Ted DeGroo, I think he's an SF, last I heard. Not too sure what he's saying. Would be sick to get him on one day. As far as me, Reggie, I, I can't speak for the other dudes, <laughs> but I still got the flame burning in my fucking chest. But with me, it's just 100% injuries, rehabbing. Trust the process, baby. Trust the process. I went to physio for the first time since my surgery the other day. So I'm on a regiment now, and uh, fuck, maybe I'll be doing some fucking tri-fast ledge tricks on Instagram in no time, eh? <laughs> I can't wait, my dog. I cannot wait. Actually, I, I just want to say shouts for putting me in the same category as, as some legends as far as, oh you know God. what I'm saying? <laughs> you gotta find a silver lining somewhere, yeah, don't saying you? Saying I fell off, but hey, if I <laughs> fell off, it means I was up there to start with. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, moving on. <laughs> Next up, we got an email from Nicholas Jeeks. I like to see a real name. <laughs> yeah. Yo, was hyped to hear my previous message on the air. Also glad you guys are feeling my eagles. Safa, sorry old Captain Kirk didn't come through for you the other week, but you should have known better. <laughs> anyway, time for some skate talk. What's he guys takes on shoves out of tricks? Personally, I think it's garbage, unless it's a back tail or a front crook shoved the hard way. Look forward to hearing those shots fired. Mad love from Texas. So, I love to shove out of things. I mean, I, anybody who knows me knows I can't flip my board. So I gotta take a shove here, shove there, whatever I can get, man. So I'm all, I'm all for it, but shouts out to you, Nick, for uh, having your own opinion. Yeah, I, I can respect that opinion, but you know what I'm saying? Like you, Donald, the older I've gotten and the more times I've rolled my ankle, flipping my board and having pop, you know, it's harder and harder. So you gotta shove here, shove there. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I love me some shoves. <laughs> All uh, aboard the shove train, because we are leaving the station, baby. Exactly. Like, yo, when I was younger, I was kick-flipping into shit. Then I destroyed that ankle too many times. That hurts too much now. And switch flips, I'm too lazy and fat to get them up onto ledges now. So, you know what I'm saying? Let me, I'll just bless the little switch back 5-0 shove. <laughs> little, love uh, it. Yeah, so shouts to the shoves. There are some whack, whack shoves. Shouts to the shoves, bro. Back nose grind front 360 shove, like the Justin David classic. You can't limit the shove to two grind tricks. Like, it's good exactly. for everything, dog. So, yeah, we got love for, for shoves. And as far as Kirk Cousins, yo, that fool pissed me the fuck off today. Put up a dud against Dallas. And I guess you're right. I should have known better. Carson Wentz ain't playing games this year, B. But you know who else Carson ain't? Carson Wentz, bro. Deshaun Watson. Jesus Christ, man. 19 TD passes. This guy ain't no fluke, yo. The kid ain't playing. The kid is not playing, man. I faced him this week in a two-quarterback two league. Ho-ho! I'm like, yo, he's playing Seattle. I got a chance here, dog. <laughs> nope. nope. Got a shredded. Got fucking... eat, eaten alive, man. That game man. was fire. 
All right, next up, there's no question in this email, but I have to read it because it's from a Canadian legend who I got mad love and respect for. Oliviero Fontana out of Montreal. Sup, the Bunk Crew. I have a great skate and sport moment since they are related. The day of Game 5 of the 1993-94 Stanley Cup Finals, Habs versus LA Kings. I was getting so close to doing my first 360 flip in front of my house that my brother is calling me from the house to let me know that the game is about to start. I decided to give it one more try, and I made it in front of him. The Habs happened to win the cup on that very day. Since there is no cup in the near future for the Habs, and most likely no 360 flip for me either, it's still one of the best days of my life. Keep up the good work and keep skating real. God damn, that's a hell of a moment, G. That's a beautiful moment, man. That's a, I mean, I can't imagine learn, doing your first three flip. You never, at least I remember my first one. It was in France. I'll never forget it. So to combine that feeling with your fucking Montreal Canadiens winning the Stanley Cup, that's just a beautiful moment. And, uh, we had to share that with the people. Appreciate the email, legend. Thank you very much for writing into the show. And uh, sad to hear that you got no three flips in your future. I know you got some injury history as well, but I hope you're doing well. Okay, next up we got an email from TK, aka Taylor. Subject, maple syrup in Minnesota. What's good, bump masters slash northern neighbors? Dope interview with Robbie and big ups to him dropping the Minnesota homies, Dave Torx, Jack Olson, and Tim Fulton's names. And not to forget Mr. Switch himself, Pat Gallagher. RIP to CJ Tamburino. Let's get straight to the court talk. How about the T-Wolves new threads? Best in the league? Shouts out to the MTL homies, Lebacar, Jerry Prison, Neil Shack, and uh, Gels Dubois crew. Okay, lots of shout outs there, lots of name drops. But <laughs> there was a question in there. How about the T-Wolves new threads? Dog, I'm feeling them. Straight up, I'm feeling all the new NBA uniforms. I think it is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Milwaukee Bucks have the Harley Davidson logo on there. Damn. That shit is fresh as hell, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving these Nike jerseys. I'm not liking how they uh, they seem to rip so easily. I don't know about buying one of them just yet until they fix that, but definitely loving the uh, the blue. I, I almost like the, the, the white ones more than the blue ones, but either way, I'm loving the Wolves. Hype they beat the Thunder twice already. Jimmy Butler is having a good influence on that squad. Cat's uh, going to do cat things, you know what I'm saying? Woo! That's going to be a fun team to watch all year, and uh, hopefully they, they end their playoff drought. Shouts to you, Taylor. Yeah, seriously, I, I think they're getting back to the playoffs for sure, man. You can uh, put that on wax. Hell yeah. All right, next up, we got an email from Owen Quercia. What the fuck's really good, my Gs? <laughs> Yo, what's really happening? I've been listening to your show all the way out here in Aberdeen, Washington State. Listen to them all. Big ups. Mad respect. Anyways, I know Safa doesn't fuck with laser flips, but I was wondering what you guys think about other tricks we don't see that often. For instance, 360 hard flips and 360 inward heels. <laughs> Let me just answer that real quick. Barf. No. And while these tricks can look <laughs> pretty fucking whack, you have to admit there's no trick that can't be done to look nice. Did anybody see the 360 hard flip in Sour Solutions uh, by Albert Nyberg? Also, if you look up the guy Magnus Bowen, he did a he did that crazy 360 inward heel that looks kind of weird down a 10 stair at a skate park. Sheesh. Anyways, are these tricks for tryhards, or do we appreciate the fact that these guys are pushing skateboarding? 
Anyway, thanks for reading and thanks for doing what you do. P.S. Please get Guillaume Thibault on the show. I'm very curious to hear about that guy. <laughs> you talk about MTL Guillaume? <laughs> That's the homie. Uh, <laughs> we got to send Wade Just to get a Wade in the streets, yo. <laughs> with Guillaume. Yes. Catch that Nigi in the streets. We got to get streets. Wade back out in the streets. Yeah. 100, though. 100. Yo, Diz, I'm looking at you, dog. <laughs> Guillaume's a must follow on Instagram, too. Guillaume. Look him up. He got his own damn first name somehow. Lucky as his handle. Anyways. Reggie, laser flips are dusty if you're doing them like seriously, but like Ashad Ware's got the cleanest switch laser and there's a whole like Nolly laser switch laser trend, laser flip trend of like just doing them not seriously, which is fine. But if you come out and laser flip a huge gap, like I ain't taking you seriously. And then let's not even get started with a fucking 360 hard flip. That's just fucking disgusting. And 360 inward heel is even worse. He left the laser heels out, yeah. This is These two are even worse than the laser heel. Like the laser heel you can fuck around with and like you said, maybe get away with a switch one and nolly one for shits and gigs. But dog, 360 inward heel is a hard no. And 360 yeah. hard flip is an even harder no. Like, it's for fun, yeah. I think I like... If I had to pick one or the I, other, I prefer 360 hard flip because yo, 360 inward heel, you're just mobbing the shit. Yeah, out your of that. foot's not moving. Like you're, you'd be forced to like flip it, I guess, on the 360 hard flip. You're right. Yeah, it's just doo doo. But uh, something about pushing skateboarding. I mean, you know, if that's what you're into, some people try and do NBDs just to do it. But it's like Reggie. There's a reason that people ain't doing that shit. You dig? Got mad love for Mark Johnson, but his uh, fully flared part was just fucking brutal. A lot of the shit was just doing tech shit just for the sake of it. And then he he reeled it back in and got the straight banging ledge tricks with proper trick selection in uh, the next video. What was the next one? It's one of my favorite parts, actually. What was Chocolate and Girls' next video after fully flared again? Fully flared was the Kai video. Maybe it was pretty sweet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty sweet, Mark Johnson. <laughs> Yo, actually, you know the minute saying? we got, I got off the plane in LA. That was the first person I saw, Mark Johnson, just got off a plane too. Shouts out to MJ <laughs> in your city, G. <laughs> what? That's so sick, random. Yo. yo, track him down, yo. Let's get him on the actually, show. Actually, I went to the Palace video premiere last night in uh, in LA, and it was actually just. Pro skater after pro skater after pro skater. I had to dip out of there, buddy. <laughs> well, yo, thanks for the email. Hopefully you ain't trying to learn 360 inward heels. And uh, keep sending them questions in to thebuntlive at gmail.com or even better, go to the website, thebuntlive.com and submit them in the comment section. Yeah, send an audio note too. We love those, man. Real shit. Alright y'all, it's time for our favorite segment on the podcast, the Skateboard World Source for Sports, The Rundown. And like I said, I'm in LA, so we might have to keep this one a little short, but let's get right into it. You know where we always start off, it's NBA time baby. And uh, it looks like a little bit of a brawl broke out, might not have been the, the fight we were hoping for, but Draymond Green and Bradley Beal did not shy away from confrontation. Who are you giving the W to? <laughs> that was just a classic NBA 
fucking nothing really went down kind of fight. They were just bear hugging each other and went down. But it made big news because it's two big names. Uh, and I'm going to go on wax and say two all-stars because Bradley Beal, welcome to the Eastern Conference all-stars. Even if the conference didn't lose half its all-stars, I think you would have made the team regardless. You dig? So just stay healthy. But yeah, I guess Draymond got under his skin, man. Beal ain't backing down from nobody. You dig? Yeah, I'm going to go on uh, Bradley Beal's side here as well. You know, Draymond's one of those players that you probably hate playing against. And uh, finally, Bradley Beal had enough of it. said, fuck this guy. Let's get after it, man. But yo, the funniest thing I've ever seen is when Kelly Oubre Jr. comes flying in and punches John Wall in the back of the head. Like, dog, control yourself, my man. That's your... That was hilarious. You need John Wall, dog. You need to chill, man. But like you said, pretty soft fight. This ain't the NHL we're talking about. Nah. The unfortunate thing about that was that the Wizards were up big when the fight happened. And the Wizards have one all-star, John Wall. Well, technically one, but, you know, they have two all-star caliber players. Beal left the game, and that leaves one all-star against three. The fucking Warriors are always outnumbering everyone. They slowly came back, took them down slowly in the fourth. But you'll be happy to hear, I don't know if you just noticed, uh, Avery Bradley and the Pistons just dusted the Warriors tonight in a close one. How's Avery Bradley's layup looking tonight? <laughs> Real nice. I think uh, I think the Warriors are like four and three now. And uh, talking about finals rematches, they're off to a, a weird slow start, and even weirder and slower. The Cavs are three and four in their tenth place in the East. What do you think about your Cavs? Well, my man, you lose a guy like Kyrie Irving. It don't matter who you replace him with. It's a different man with the ball in his hands at all times. I know it's LeBron, but in this league, it's almost like you need that you need that supreme running mate to roll with you. Like you said, John Wall's got Bradley Beal. I feel like Kevin Love is obviously not that guy for LeBron. They probably expected a little bit more from Dwayne Wade. They had to move him to the bench. I'm, I'm honestly I'm worried man I'd like to see IT4 get his ass in there but that ain't gonna happen for a while so this is just the reality that we're stuck with right now Le- LeBron's gonna have the ball in his hands and uh, me and you both know he doesn't trust his own free throw shooting so late in the game it's starting to get a little tricky for him man real shit blood uh, but they did lose to the Nets the Knicks and the Pelicans so uh <laughs> There's no excuse for that, Reggie. Well, the Pelicans aren't the Pelicans they used to be. I mean, they got two big bodies there. Okay, I'll give you that. I'm, I'm not making excuses. <laughs> I'm not making excuses. It's pitiful, dog. If you lose to D-loading in the Nets, you're done. I mean, <laughs> what the fuck is happening here, dog? What do I even say, man? Reggie, they just lost to Porzingis and none other than Tim Hardaway Jr. Well, I did say Porzingis would take a big, uh, a big leap this year, so I'm gonna take that one. But, dude, I got—I don't know. The, but I'm not worried. The Cleveland Cavaliers will be there when all is said and done. Unfortunately, same for the Golden State Warriors. Oh, yo, I just—I got some news for uh, for our listeners who like to hate on Lude. Uh, his dumbass dropped 
His, he's really impatient in fantasy, and he dropped uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. after his really slow start to the season. Big contract, supposed to be the number two option. Saw him on the wire, couldn't believe it. Put a claim in for him, but didn't get him. Traded for him that day, and he just dropped 34 with eight assists and five threes, couple steals. So thank you, dude, you dumb fuck. <laughs> Lude is that guy that will just never win because he's just the worst sport. Yeah. You know, he's just someone you don't like talking to. He thinks he's the best at everything. The guy plays ice hockey with headphones on. He's not going <laughs> to win shit, man. That's all it comes down to, bro. Uh, End of the day, you're looking at two champions here, me and the ghost. Talk all you want, baby, but you ain't winning nothing. Uh, I got one question for you, NBA related, before we move on. Dude, I'm really becoming a fan of the 76ers, not just because I drafted Joel Embiid. <laughs> Shouts out to the process. But Ben Simmons is looking like looking like the point guard that every team needs, my man. How far can the 76ers really go? Okay, first of all, Ben Simmons is looking like he can average a triple-double on some real shit. Like, he is fucked. <laughs> I think he's averaging, like, I don't know how many points. Let's say, I'm just guessing, 15 points. 10 rebounds and 7.4 assists as a fucking rookie like that's my dog that's that's nuts um they can go as far as their health takes them good answer uh, it's all it's all going to be about health but as fans of the NBA we need the Sixers in the playoffs man Not, what would be more fun than to watch the young Sixers go up against a high seed and like really uh, put some fear in their hearts you know cuz they will man yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sixers, Cavs. <laughs> I'd like to watch that. Oh, damn, yo. I'm watching the Pittsburgh game. Uh, one of these fucking linebackers just punched someone. <laughs> Some beefs well, popping. I gotta love those punch to the helmets. So, you queued it up, baby. Let's head over to the NFL. We're gonna have to keep this one short and sweet, too. First question. I mean, it's a question for both of us, but you get to answer first. Are the Eagles the best team in the NFL? You know what? It's hard to say they aren't. But at the same time, I still I still want to give the slight edge to Kansas City. Eagles have a better quarterback, but KC has a better running game. So I, and they they've got like, you know, they've got their star wide receiver. They've got they're just more well-rounded, I think overall. We're about halfway through. We'll see what the Eagles do, but in the playoffs, I wouldn't want to see Kansas City. I feel I, I feel like I'd fear them a little bit more. Yeah, my knock on Kansas City is fucking, it's Alex Smith, man. I yeah. feel like you can get to him, and uh, that could be the difference in the playoffs. But I also don't think the Eagles are the best team in the NFL. You already know who the best team in the goddamn NFL is. And, Patriots. Uh, it's the New England Patriots, man. So what? The defense sucks. The defense always sucks at the beginning of the year. Bill Belichick is just doing his thing. Week after week, they going to clean it up. And uh, we'll see who's there at the end. But I got my money on TB12, Mr. Bill Belichick. That's some real talk, blood. Some real ass talk. We got time for one more little bit of uh, NFL news here. What you got on your mind, player? The only thing on my mind... Is shout out to you, Jarek McKinnon. Woke up to 20 fantasy points from you, popping off in London. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? This is a sports show, dog. All you do is talk about your damn NFL team. 
But while we're on that t- subject, <laughs> fuck you, Jarek McKinnon, because I played Latavius Murray after he snapped last week, and now he goes for four points something this week. Jesus, you can't win, man. You honestly can't win at fantasy football. Well, at least I can. KO, if we're talking random NFL news, I just want to say, Joe Mixon, you're a scrub. You haven't done shit yet in the league, and you're talking about you think you can do more than Le'Veon Bell? Did you see Le'Veon's tweets back at his ass? Love it. Saying, you want to be me, copying his first down Selly, blah, blah, blah. Reggie, Joe Mixon, stay in your lane and stay away from from fucking women, you dig? Stay away from women. Shouts out to that. But uh, in all reality, I kind of want to be Le'Veon Bell too, so is what it is, you know? I know, but he tried to come at Lev Bell saying he can do... If you idolize the man, why are you chirping him, you know? Here, let me read Lev's tweets to anyone who hasn't seen them. For someone who feels they can do way more than I can, sure seems like you want to be me. Trying to mimic my run style, my first down celebration. Now you wear an arm sleeve on the left arm and went to the mismatch gloves too. LOL, just change your number from 28 to 26 while you're at it. Yeah. Poor Joe Mixon, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, dead. Yeah, why are you opening your mouth, Rook? Yo, that's what the NFL is, though, man. Guys like that should not be in no sort of limelight. They should not be in the goddamn NFL. So, shouts out to Lev Bell for sending him back where he belongs. Real shit, blood. Alright, bro. This passes over to Mike Henry for some footy chat in it. Let's go, baby. Thanks, guys. Mike here, back again. For a little bit of footy chat. So, this weekend, the two Manchester clubs came away with maximum points, thus keeping the top of the table unchanged. City beat West Brom away by three goals to two, while back up north, United were able to squeak a 1-0 hard-fought victory over last year's runner-up Tottenham, with Anthony Martial scoring, scoring in the 81st minute. In other news, Everton manager Ronald Koeman got the sack as they fight to stay up securing only 8 points so far this season and having spent big in the summer transfer window with little to show for it. Big Sam Allardyce is being toted as the next manager but we'll have to wait and see. Alright, this weekend big games are happening. I highly, highly recommend you seek these out. So, big games to watch. United v Chelsea, City v Arsenal as well as Tottenham v Palace. That's a London derby. That's always going to be a good game. So, if you're looking for some proper footy, these are the games to watch. Cheers boys. Hey, turn up Mike Henry. Thanks for that update. <laughs> Yo, good luck waking up early to watch them games, B. Alright, is that it, bro? I guess that's it, man. Deshaun Watson. I see you, man. I respect it. Alright, from me and the number one football fan on the planet, that's a wrap for another episode of The Bunt. Big shouts out to everyone who supports Grand Trading, Time Bomb, Brixton, Steam Whistle, and as always, the number one shoe in skateboarding, Vans, baby. That's what it is. Wee-hoo!